Father, thank you so much for your presence here tonight and for the family of God. Thank you for the love of God that abounds in this church. We thank you, Lord, that we are increasing in that area. Lord, I pray that you would use me to exhort, to edify, to minister this word of God, that people would be built up and would be blessed, and they would be encouraged in their faith. And Lord, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. So we see here that we are to fight the good fight of faith. Now, one thing we know for sure is that what is provided by God's grace must be possessed by faith. Is that right? Now, a scripture that we could take time to look at, but I will just quote it to you tonight for the sake of time. It says in Romans 5, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 2 of Romans 5, it says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Say it with me. I access the grace of God. That I stand in in. by faith. faith. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so grace supplies, but faith connects us with what grace supplies. Now, a good example of having to possess your possessions is the children of Israel. Remember, he said to them, he said, I have given you the promised land, right? But they had to go in by faith and possess it. And when they went to possess the land, what happened? They faced a bunch of hairy giants. God gave it to them, but there was still a fight. God says, now, take delivery of what I provided for you, but know this, that there's going to be some opposition. And so then we must fight the good fight of faith, We must lay hold of what God has promised us and provided for us. Amen? Amen. We must take hold of this life, this abundant God kind of life that's on the inside of us. And so the word lay hold means to to seize, to take, or or to grab. How many of you know that God's provided divine health for us? But there's a fight there. Now we're not fighting God, we're fighting symptoms. We may be fighting medical reports. How about this? God said he'd meet all of our need. But is there not a fight in the area of finances? Okay, if you're not experiencing a fight in the area of finances, I want to talk to you after church. It's a fight that we win, but it's a fight that we got to show up for. How about sound mind? I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. It belongs to you, but you've got to possess that soundness of mind by faith every day of your life. Amen? So then, when we actually lay hold of these things that belong to us, as I said, we will encounter some serious resistance. But say this with me, serious resistance requires serious faith. And you've got that faith living on the inside of you. Now, another way that we talked about a few weeks ago 
One way that we lay hold of this eternal life and one way that we fight the good fight of faith is by holding fast to the confession or the profession of our faith. For example, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 13, he says, I give you charge in the sight of God that quickens all things before Christ Jesus and who before Pontius Pilate, remember Jesus? He witnessed a good confession, the confession of faith. When he could have backed down and backed out, Jesus stood up. And that's what he wants us to do. Because we will be given ample opportunity through the circumstances of life to back off and to back down. But I believe it's time for us to rise up and stand up in the name with the blood of the Lamb, knowing that God is for us. And if he's for us, who can be against us? Amen. And so when you talk about faith's confession, we must then say what God said about us, believe it and say it. Now, if you're not saying anything according to the word of God, you will lose by default. And so then we need to give the Lord something to work with because he is more than able to watch over his word, to perform it on your behalf. I want to look at something kind of interesting tonight. Are you ready? Yes. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter, the, the fifth chapter. And uh, as we understand and know that Peter is the author of this book, is he not? By the Holy Spirit. And so he says some things that are important for us to remember. He said in verse 5, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject to one another and be clothed with what? Is it the will of God for us to be humble? Absolutely. Why? Because God resists the proud, but what does he do? He gives grace to the humble. And then in verse 6 he says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And I think it's very interesting in verse 8 and verse 9, in the context of being clothed with humility and giving your cares to the Lord, he says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may what? And then in verse 9, read it with me. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplishing your brothers that are in the world. Now, it's a very interesting set of scriptures. The Apostle Peter learned about humility. The Apostle Peter knew what it was like to lean heavily by faith into the grace of God and receive great comfort after he had denied the Lord. You know, Jesus even warned him of it. And let me just read it to you. It's found in Luke chapter 21, verse 31 through 33. Here's what the Lord warned Peter about. He said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he may what? Sift you as wheat. That sounds like devour. Yes, it does. That he may sift you as wheat. But thank God I've prayed for you. Yeah, amen. That your faith would not fail. And when you have changed or when you're converted, go and strengthen your brethren. Now I want you to notice Peter's reaction. Oh, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. Not me, Jesus. No, I'm with you all the way. And Jesus said, Peter, <laughs> the
The cock shall not crow this day three times before thou shalt deny me three times. And did he deny him? So we could say this. Peter, when he denied Christ, lost a battle. Right? He let his pride get in the way, did he not? How many of you have never, ever lost, ever not lost a battle? How many of you have ever not allowed your pride to get in the way? So we don't want to throw stones at Peter. But we can learn a very important lesson here. He got knocked down. He lost the fight, but he didn't lose the war. And in life, I've been knocked down before, and you've been knocked down before. But just because you lose a fight doesn't mean you're going to lose the war. Come on, somebody. Listen, Peter came back from this. And you can come back from whatever has knocked you out and knocked you down because the comeback champion of the whole universe has come back for us already. Amen? So just because Peter lost a fight does not mean that it's over. And don't you know that the enemy wishes that he'd never messed with Peter? (laughs) Because on the day of Pentecost, they're all with one accord in one place. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the halls where they were sitting, peered unto them cloven tongues as of fire. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Voila! the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost came on the scene. And so this Holy Ghost upper room experience, it just poured out into the streets. I mean, they were happy in the Lord. And they were speaking some languages that they'd never learned. Why? Because they were languages of heaven and of angels. There were languages from other nations that they had never, ever spoken before. And the religious people and all the people in the city that hadn't got filled with the Spirit looked around and said, Man, these guys are drunk. And I want you to pick it up with me in verse 13 of Acts chapter 2. This is so good. You know, our God's not mocked. Verse 13, others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, what did he do? He stood up. You see, a few moments ago, he was knocked down, but now he's standing up. The Holy Spirit will help you get up and stand up. Say with me, the Holy Spirit will help me to get up and stand up. So Peter's standing up with the eleven. He lifted up his voice and he preached a message that was absolutely awesome on that glorious day of Pentecost. He said things, you know, these folks aren't drunk like you think. It's only the third hour of the day. But what you are hearing and what you are seeing is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, it's going to come to pass and in the last days. And he goes on and on and he preaches. I mean, Peter's preaching like a house of fire. 
few days ago he was denying Christ, but now he's a new man with a new vision. He must have tapped into the grace of God by faith. And all the way down to the end of verse, uh, we could look in verse 41. Let's just look at that. You read that chapter because it's, it's edifying. It's good, good word. But I want you to notice verse 41. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them 3,000 souls. What if Peter hadn't gotten back up? What if Peter had stayed down? Well, certainly God would have used someone else. But the Lord Jesus wanted to use Peter. And so don't let your temporary setbacks cause you to sit back. But you prepare for a comeback. Hallelujah. Don't let a setback cause you to sit back. Tap into the grace of God with your faith and get up. Hallelujah. Clint Brown sings a song. He got up. He got up. And so can you. Amen? So, it wasn't over for Peter. Now, I want you to turn back to 1 Peter, and I want you to notice verse 8 and 9 again. Peter was humbled. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty humbling. You know, oh, not me. No, more me? I'm front and center, man. I ain't gonna... Then Jesus appears to him and says, Peter, do you love me? Lord, yeah, I love you. Uh, Peter, do you, do you love me? You know, Lord. Kind of question. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I do. <laughs> Here's a humble man. Jesus, therefore him. Listen, he will never, ever leave you. He will never, ever forsake you, no matter of what dumb stuff you may have done or I may have done. I think we ought to lift our hands and thank him for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Cool scripture? Come on up. Share it like popcorn. Right there on Isaiah 60, verse 1 in the Amplified. Isaiah 60, verse 1. You're so sweet. Brenda's got a word from heaven. Isaiah 60, verse 1, Amplified. We've got to read this. Isaiah 60, verse 1, the Amplified. The Amplified is a woman's version of the Bible because it's very detailed and it's good. The Lord likes it too, right? All right. So let's read this verse together. Thank you, honey. Let's go ahead. Arise from the depression... And prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come. What's risen upon you? What's risen upon you? Hallelujah. Darkness may have drawn you down, but the glory of the Lord raises you and has risen upon you. 
What a great verse of scripture. So Peter is now on the other side of the denial. He's on the other side of Pentecost Sunday. He's serving God. And he's telling us, guys, be clothed with humility. I've learned a lesson. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Doesn't pay to be proud. You don't want God resisting you, do you? And so he exhorts us in verse 8 and 9, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion seeking, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Say it with me, he may not devour me. Now why is that? Because we are going to resist him steadfastly with our faith. Knowing that our brothers and our sisters in the body of Christ are going through similar things. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Amen. You see, when we arise and we resist the enemy and do it steadfastly, that is really fighting the good fight of faith. The NIV says, resist him standing firm in the faith. One translation says, resist him with your faith. The CEV translation says, but you must resist the devil and stay strong in your faith. Now, here's an important truth that I want to just share with you tonight. It's extremely important that I'm not and that you're not arrogant concerning about where we think we are with and in our faith. You know, I can think of some old movies. One of my favorite movies of all time was the Rocky series. I liked Rocky Balboa. And I like Rocky 1 and, and then I like Rocky 2. But you know, Rocky got a little cocky. He started getting a little fat, you know. Thinking, ah, Clubber Lang ain't nothing. And then Clubber Lang came along and he did, he, he cleaned Rocky's clock. Do you remember that? I mean, he did. And so we can get like that with our faith. I believe this, we should never overestimate, overestimate our enemy, but we should never underestimate him. We should never have this attitude, I got this. I got this. See, the scripture tells us that we are to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And I have to make sure that I stay true and stay strong in the word and not just go by what I know mentally. I need to continuously feed God's word into my spirit by reading it and meditating it and thinking on it and applying it to me. And I can't live on yesterday's victories. Amen? We are, come on now, we are in training. What this side of our walk with God is till we get to heaven. We're in spiritual training. And I don't believe the Lord wants us to grow slack or grow lazy or grow flabby, but to stay strong in Him. Amen? Amen. Now, so in 2 Corinthians 2.11, and I want you to look at that verse, 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, and the 11th verse. Very interesting. Paul is warning 
the church at Corinth, he says, Now lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are what? Say with me, I am not ignorant of the enemy's devices. What's another word for device? Someone help me. Weapons. How about schemes? How about strategies? Right? So he says, we do not give place and give him an advantage by being ignorant. We must be alert and be sober-minded and know how and in what ways did he may come against us. Okay? We need to understand that there are different ways and there's different schemes, there's different strategies, avenues by which he tries to get an entrance into our lives, right? Now, the first and foremost avenue that he uses is the enemy fights with thoughts. The enemy fights with thoughts. And so I want us to take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want us to look at verses 3 through 5. We're in Bible study tonight, right? So we've got some time to, to think about this, to meditate on this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, Though we walk in the flesh, though we're living in the flesh, we're not warring after the flesh. We're fighting the good fight of faith, but we're not doing it with natural carnal weapons, right? Now let's read the next verse. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They do not originate in the flesh. Our weapons are spiritual weapons. You don't fight a spiritual battle with natural weapons. You fight a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. And the weapons... Hey, let me just ask you right now tonight... What is one of our weapons? Love's another weapon. What else is another weapon? Praise is a weapon. Amen. What's another weapon? How about the blood? Everyone say the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But these weapons that we are familiar with and that we're learning more about, and that we're using regularly, the sword of the Spirit, they're mighty through God. To what? To the pulling down of strongholds. Now, if you're wondering what a stronghold is, the next verse shows us what this main avenue of strongholds is that the enemy tries to encamp or to put into our lives. Verse 5. Casting down what? Imaginations. In other words, casting down those thoughts which if they are not cast down can become strongholds. And when they become strongholds in our lives, they can begin to control the way we think, the way we talk, the way we feel, and the way we act. But you and I got some weapons. And so he says, casting down imaginations and every what? How many of you know that there's wicked spirits in high places? There's principalities, there's powers, there's rulers of the darkness of this age. 
There's wicked spirits in high places. Those are the spirits that are arrayed against us. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Every high thing that would do what? Exalt itself. Remember, Lucifer said, I will be like the Most High God. Did he not? He tried to exalt himself above the throne of God. And what happened? The dude fell big time. But you see, he's stupid. He's still trying to exalt himself above the word of God in your life and in my life. And that's why it says, anything, listen, anything that tells you you're going to die prematurely is a high thing that must be cast down. Anything that tells you that you is going to go broke and that you're going to be homeless for the rest of your life is a high thing. Anything that demeans your identity, anything that brings insecurity in your life from insecurity to whatever it might be, those are high things. And those things ought not to be left lodged in our soul. They are to be pulled down. They are to be cast out. They are to be cut off. Not just sitting there all day just beat up, beat up. No. Every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God or the Word of God. And here's what we do. Read the rest with me. And bringing into captivity... Every thought. So the enemy fights with thoughts. That's why we say it over and over and over again. These last 33 years here. Get your mind renewed with the word of God. Find out what the word of God says you can do. Find out who you are in Christ. Believe it and say it. Let it just become a part of your life so that you won't have to think and look where it is. It'll just come out of your heart, out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth will speak and you'll be able to cast down those imaginations. It's really important. You see, these fiery darts is what they are. They're fiery darts and they're aimed at your vitals. And so they have to have something then to deflect those darts. How many of you know you don't need armor to go to a party? You don't need the armor of God. How many of you have ever seen somebody in, in full armor at a party? So what do we do? When the fiery darts come fast and furious, and they do, and you've experienced it, and I've experienced it. What do we do? We shut it off. We cut it off. You see, in the middle of a fight, you can't afford to be feeding on six and seven hours of television a day. In the middle of a fight, you can't afford to be around people that are going to small talk. You love them, but you don't have time for doubt talk. I don't have time for poor mouth. 
I don't have time for people that are going to talk about how bad the economy is and one day up, one day down, almost level to the ground the next day. No, i got to talk God talk, talk government talk as a way of life. See, my Bible says that the just shall live. Say, well, now I'm living by faith. Sometimes you have to have faith to move on with your life when you've messed up and you missed it. You've got to have faith to get back up. Here's what you do. Here's what a fighter does. You know, who's the last fighter? Was Pacquiao and who else? Mayweather. Pacquiao and Mayweather. Now, I think Mayweather won, right? It wasn't much of a fight, was it? Well, I've seen some heavyweight fights, you know, in my time. Uh, Roberto Duran. No mas. Remember that? He was fighting Sugar Ray. We had tickets to that fight to go watch it on the big screen in Minneapolis where I grew up. We got there two minutes late and the fight was over. <laughs> Roberto said, no mas, no mas, no mas, no mas. Well, we don't do that way with the devil. No mas, no mas, no mas. He does that with us. No mas, no mas, no mas. Now, I, I wasn't much of a fighter, but I, I know some terminology in the fights, you know. Here's what we do. We don't just stand there and take it and take it. No, we bob. We weave. Come on, somebody. We do a little bobbing. We do a little right jab, a little left uppercut. Come on, somebody. We don't just stand for what he's putting into our mind. We bob. We weave. Some of you need to get the Joseph syndrome. Run. <laughs> you know? Just run. If you've got to run, just run. Certain types of temptations. It's not wise to stand around. I mean, Potiphar's wife, you know, she's saying to old Joseph, Hey, Joseph, come on in and fix the faucet. <laughs> Hey, Joseph, my, uh, my little uh, slipper's untied. Would you, would you tie my slipper for me? No. Joseph knew what to do. He couldn't bob and weave any longer. Joseph had to run. Amen. And he ran so fast. Come on now. He ran so fast that she grabbed the guy's coat. Right? Whatever you got to do, whatever it takes to resist, just resist. You know, we're doing this little series on the secrets of sobriety, and that's one of the points. You've got to do whatever you've got to do to stay away from people, places, and things that have brought you down in the past that very well could bring you down again. I just heard the organ play. I don't know what it is. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, somebody, shout with me and say yes. yes. So what do we do when the fiery darts come fast and furious? We bob, we weave, we get that helmet on, come on. We bring up that door-sized shield of faith, whatever we got to do. And we resist with everything that we have on the inside of us, even if it means using the Joseph technique. 
we do it. So what have we learned tonight? We have learned to fight the good fight of faith. We have learned that the grace of God will cause us to stand. But this standing grace is accessed by our faith. Let's do that right now. Let's stand up. I'm done. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for encouragement that comes from the B-I-B-L-E. Hallelujah. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm preaching on my iPad and I couldn't see the rest of my notes. So you can handle a few more moments. It's only 8.30, so we're, we're good, aren't we? Look at your neighbor and say, we're good. But, <laughs> Pastor Tom, wouldn't it have been pride for Joseph to think, oh, I can handle this. I got this. No. He'd have been in the sack with Potiphar's wife, and he never would have made it to the palace. Amen. Now, let's take it a step further. You ready to go a step further? Real simple truth, but real profound. Let's quote it together. Romans 10, 17 says, So then... Let's try that one more time all together. Now, one, two, three. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So that's the way I got faith to be saved. How about you? I heard the Word, right? We could say it this way. That faith comes by hearing the right thing. The right thing. You get your faith by hearing the right thing, and you lose your faith by hearing the wrong thing. I'll say that again. We get our faith by hearing the right thing, which is the word, which is always right. But we can lose our faith by hearing the wrong thing. Example, Adam and Eve. God told them, don't touch it, don't eat of it, and everything's going to be eyed, right? Everything's going to be okay. Then Satan comes along. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Here's the wiles, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, trying to exalt himself above? You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You'll not eat it. Don't touch it lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You won't die. You're not going to die. Try it. you like it. You won't die. Just take one snort. That's for secrets of sobriety. Let's move forward here. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. It was a thought. It was pride of life, the pride of the eyes. They took the bait and they fell. Could we say that they lost the fight of faith that day? You see, what happened there in the garden is they overestimated their ability to deal with reason. 
And so I'm encouraging you tonight, attend to his word. Stay focused. Stay your heart, your thoughts on him and in what he said, and you will not ever be deceived. Jerry Savell, some of you will remember this, that follow Jerry Savell's ministry. He said this many years ago. He said this, if Satan can deceive you, he can defeat you. But it's very difficult to deceive a man or a woman who's focused on him and who stays in the word and who stays in fellowship with him. In closing, let's look at one more. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and look with me at verse 15. I'm glad I didn't stop because this is good. Verse 15. He says, Now study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Verse 16, But shun, do what? Shun. How many of you know what shun means? Get away from, that's right. But shun and profane vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetius, which is an example of one's that were preaching the wrong thing. And they got people to follow after what they were saying, and their faith was overthrown because they heard the wrong thing. And here's what the wrong thing was. Who concerning the truth have erred, (laughs) saying that the resurrection is already past. And it overthrew the faith of some. So what am I saying? I'm saying be extremely careful about who you listen to. Be extremely careful about what you listen to. I'm not against any preachers. I'm for preachers. I'm not against radio. I'm not against TV. I'm for TV and radio. I love the Word of God going forth. But you've got to be keen spiritually. And you've got to be able to line up with what's being said with scriptures, no matter if it's Brenda saying it or me saying it or P.T. saying it, whoever says it from behind this pulpit, does it line up with the Word of God? Amen? God forbid that our faith would ever be overthrown by error. Amen? So, what could have happened to these folks? What should have happened? They should have been overthrown. They should have been sharp, quick, and bright. Here's what should have happened. Let's close with Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Ephesians 6, 10. This is us, right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is us. Amen. Finally, heart of the bay. Be strong. This ain't a suggestion. This is a command. The one who said, let, let there be light, said, be strong. Be strong, Lord, power is might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the strategies, the lies, the deceits of the enemy. For we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers, darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you A third of the armor. No, take unto you the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. 
And having done all to stand, what are we going to do? Stand. And you could go into a full several months teaching on the armor of God, but notice the first one is stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Your loins girt about with truth. That Roman soldier had what they called the loin of the, 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 the belt of truth. And that would hold up the rest of his armor. One way that you overcome error is with truth. And so let the truth that has set you free keep you free. And you will stand fast in the liberty with Christ has made you free. And you'll never be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen? Let's all stand up. We're ready to do that now. Please bring the organ on.